It is commonly known in 2019 on the campus of Lawrence University that Amos A. Lawrence is the founder and namesake of our institution. While this is common knowledge today, many people are unaware of the impact that Amos A. Lawrence had on both the city of Appleton and numerous other towns across the United States. In this podcast, we will examine the life of the founder of Lawrence University, a man who had a far-reaching impact in the field of education and the pursuit of knowledge in Appleton and many other towns across the United States. Amos A. Lawrence was born on July 31, 1814. His father was a wealthy textile merchant, but after the unexpected death of his mother, Lawrence was sent to live with his grandmother and aunt for most of his formative years. Upon graduating Harvard Business School, Lawrence would go on to follow in his father's footsteps and enter the textile business. Through his success in the textile industry, Lawrence would develop many relationships that would prove vital to his later philanthropic efforts. The philanthropic spirit of Mr. Lawrence is mentioned in many of the articles written about him, and was in fact noted in the memorial service, which was delivered in Appleton after his death in 1886. These sources demonstrated a concentrated effort by Lawrence to try and abolish slavery in the pre-Civil War South. His most notable contribution in this area was the formation of Lawrence, Kansas, the future home of the University of Kansas. Without the earlier connections that Lawrence had formed while working in the textile industry, his efforts to form the city may have been futile. The intended purpose of Lawrence, Kansas, was to motivate anti-slavery supporters to move to Kansas, as its close proximity to Missouri made it a vulnerable state to those who wished to expand the reach of slavery in the United States. The creation of Lawrence, Kansas was important in preventing Kansas from entering the Union as a slave-owning state. While it does not bear his name, Amos A. Lawrence is also responsible for the formation of the city of Appleton, or as we know it, the home of Lawrence University. Lawrence married his wife, Sarah Appleton Lawrence, in the year 1842. Shortly after the wedding, his father, Amos Lawrence would buy a piece of land in Wisconsin from a man named Elitzer Williams. Elitzer Williams was a spirited character, as it is documented that Williams claimed to be the lost dolphin of King Louis XVI, and as a result had a rightful claim to the throne. This information was revealed in a deed of trust drawn by Lawrence's lawyer at his request. The land purchased from Williams eventually made its way into the hands of Lawrence. In an effort to raise the value of this land, as well as benefit the well-being of the local population, Amos A. Lawrence swore that he would build an educational institution. When he initially set out to construct his school, Lawrence also made the decision to consolidate the three towns in which he held land into one city. This, as we know, would become the city of Appleton. While the origin of the city's name is in question, there are two theories that most people tend to believe in. The first theory is that Lawrence named the town after his wife, Sarah, whose maiden name was Appleton. Others claim that in an effort to raise money for his future school, Lawrence named the city after another relative, Samuel Appleton, in exchange for a $10,000 donation. stated in one of his letters to Eugene Eastman that his original idea was to make a Protestant institution, but due to the fear that the local population would not accept this religion, he decided to make the school a Methodist institution. 
This plan would also involve a large sum of money to be donated by the Methodist faith to help fund the school. While much of the planning surrounding the school was typical for the time, Lawrence College was unique in that it would open as the first co-ed institution in the state of Wisconsin. What is interesting about this is that Lawrence was firmly against the idea of allowing women to attend the same school as men, as he believed that this would undermine the school's effort to become a top-level academic institution. In his same correspondences with Eugene Eastman, Lawrence would reluctantly acknowledge the benefits of having women enrolled at the school, but continued to express his desire for the eventual separation of the male and female student populations. I find this to be one of the most interesting facts about the inception of Lawrence College, as the school's claim to fame has always been that it entered as the first co-ed institution in the state of Wisconsin. Yet, this was merely a byproduct of a need to increase enrollment for the school's opening class. The school would open in 1847 as Lawrence College, which is interesting as this was not the preferred title of Amos St. Lawrence. In the letter to Eugene Eastman, Lawrence stated that he would rather have the school named after anyone willing to donate money instead of after himself. We also see in this letter that Lawrence states his distaste for the title of university, as he much preferred college or seminary. Ironically, something that would appear to be common knowledge Lawrence naming the school after himself is false, as we can see that the name is almost the exact opposite of what he would have wished it to be. The school's first classes would be held on November 12, 1849. Lawrence would visit the city of Appleton just once in 1857, and upon his visit, he would write a letter to his wife, Sarah, describing his college. He would go on to describe the natural beauty of the site in which he had chosen to build his school. He also notes that the school has a listed enrollment of 400 students, though he explains that the number is likely closer to 300. He also gives praise to the staff of the school, describing them as incredibly hospitable and qualified. The most interesting aspect of the letter is the one in which Lawrence starts to describe his legacy. He tells his wife, that he feels that the school is the perfect monument to both him and her, as this will be a great legacy for them once they're both gone. I tend to agree that Lawrence University is the perfect monument for them. Lawrence lived a life defined by his pursuit of knowledge and furtherment of moral principles, which is the exact goal that the school has today. I would like to acknowledge Aaron Dix, Gretchen Reedy, Andrew McSorley, Arno Damerau, David Burke, the Lawrence University Archives, and the Lawrence University Library and their help with the research on this project. Mm -hmm.